Welcome to the Biz Power Hour podcast, where we discuss all things related to your business in sales, marketing, software, and strategy, bringing you the industry-leading experts with uncut and unedited advice, opinions, and actionable takeaways. Sit back and relax. This is the Biz Power Hour, and it begins now. Welcome, everybody, to the next edition of the Business Power Hour. I'm Daniel Bushes, and I have some amazing guests here today that have graced us with their time and talents to talk about pro tips to have a successful year marketing your business. I'd like to introduce each of them, and I'll first start with Brett Farr. Can you give everybody a little intro about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Dan. Uh, so, Blick Digital is my business, basically an agency that helps coaches, consultants, service providers uh, with small teams. We help them leverage CRMs, marketing automation tools um, to basically help them with their client journeys, automating their client journeys and getting just more organized and streamlined. Um, The reason I think we know each other is because we focus mostly on Infusionsoft and a little bit of active campaign as well. Great, great. And next up, uh, Greg Jenkins, uh, known very well by the Infusionsoft community. So can you give an introduction for anyone that's listening that maybe somehow has not heard of you already? Sure. Um, What's up, everyone? I am Greg, and my brand, I don't know if you can see it, is MonkeyPod Marketing. Um, And my focus is helping Infusionsoft users get more out of the Infusionsoft platform. So I do that through educational resources, free and paid. Awesome, awesome. And we're having a little bit of some technical difficulties on the internet connection through Greg. So if you all uh, are watching and Greg's image is still, he is a live person, okay? So (laughs) I promise I'm here. I promise I'm a real person and I'm participating live. I'm trying my best, guys. Yeah, awesome, awesome. You gotta love technology sometimes, right? So, and last but certainly not least, coming all the way from South Africa is Matt Clark. So, Matt, without further ado, can you give us a little bit of insight about who you are and what you do? Woohoo! So, Matt Clark from the Virtual Edge, and I help business owners get two to five high quality leads per day from LinkedIn without paying for ads. Then we help business owners implement systems and tools so that they can grow and scale their business without everything relying on them. And yes, we can do that in South Africa. And yes, we use technology to do that all over the world. And no, we don't have kangaroos here, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) For any of you listening in, um, I met Matt Clark back when we went through certification at the Infusionsoft Partner Program. And uh, we, we're friends, we always joke around. Everybody here on this show I consider a friend and uh, <laughs> well-respected. That being said, so the topic is pro tips for a successful year marketing your business. Uh, before we actually dive into the tips, I'd love to tackle some of the stumbling blocks that each of you see business owners do repeatedly. And so, Brett, I'll start with you. What are some of the stumbling blocks that you see business owners facing on a regular basis? Yeah, I, a lot, and, and I'm not excluding myself because I think we're all in this together. Uh, but the one that keeps coming back that I see business owners doing over and over without really knowing is, is basically tactics over strategy. They, they want to implement the thing before having the plan. And that's really, again, my world is, is marketing automation, a lot of marketing automation. And so that's easy with these tools because you get in, you start implementing, you start clicking around, you start doing the thing, but then you get to the end and you realize 
you never really had a plan of where you wanted to go. So for me, that's always happens. Business owners come to me and uh, they basically don't even realize it until we kind of take a step back and, and say, well, what are we really trying to accomplish? So uh, is that kind of what you're getting at? What types yeah, of obstacles? absolutely. And uh, arguably I'd say, I mean, business owners do that with pretty much everything, right? Websites, copywriting ads, marketing campaigns. I mean, pretty much across the board, it, it, I agree with you. So it's pretty much they go, they just want to implement, they don't have an overarching strategy. And then what you're saying, if I'm, if I'm hearing correctly is that really is a stumbling block for them. If they had the strategy in place first and then implemented, it would help them achieve success probably faster and, and even more cost effective. Yeah. It's um, like, the, I don't know if you know the book, the one thing, um, basically he says, what's the one decision that will make all other decisions easier or even irrelevant. And so if you don't start with that one decision first and you go to the, all these other ones, you're just spinning your wheels. You know, you're doing all these things that aren't as going to be as effective or they're going to take a lot more time to get done. So uh, yeah, that's, that's basically it. So it's really getting really clear on where you need to go vision strategy before you start implementing any of these tools that we're talking about. Well said, well said. Greg Jenkins, you specialize in a lot of training and resources, so I'm sure you see a lot of different things in your organization. So what might be one or a few things that you see that are stumbling blocks that business owners are, are doing and repeating on a regular basis? Yeah, man. So, um, you know, I know Brett really well, and it's kind of fitting that he has pretty much stolen my list of notes <laughs> that I had prepared. Uh, but it just, you know, goes to say that we're on the same page um, I, I see a lot of people who struggle with distinguishing between what is a tool, what is a tactic, and what is a strategy. And, you know, Infusionsoft being the, the CRM and, and marketing platform that, you know, all of us are familiar with is a, is a perfect example of that. I think a lot of people buy or sign up for something thinking it will be a solution when in reality, um, most of these tech services are just a tool and it takes ownership to actually execute on, uh, on a plan in order to create that solution. So I think that getting clear on what is a tool, what is a tactic, and then how those tactics can be strung together to complete a strategy is really just a foundational piece that a lot of people skip in the small business space. Um, that, that being said, uh, the, the advice that, that I see um, a lot of people uh, – you know, adopting or leading into, especially, you know, in 2019 is just the idea of zooming out, right? I think that every interaction we have with our, our customer base um, exists in the context of their entire journey. But too much of what we design as small business owners or as, as, as marketers um, treats those experiences as if they happen in a vacuum. And so my, my reminder for myself and for, for anyone listening is to uh, take any isolated interaction and zoom out on it because you'll find that something has to happen after it and something had to happen before it. And the more deliberate you can get about um, crafting and, and, and designing those experiences, I think the, the better overall uh, product you'll be able to deliver uh, or, or journey you'll be able to create for your ultimate customers. Beautifully put. So for anyone who's listening in that maybe isn't familiar with 
some of the terms that you said, because you said, you know, tools and tactics and strategies. Just for those, let's, let's, if you will, clarify with me. So a tool would be something like a CRM. It could be an active campaign, Infusionsoft, HubSpot, whatever tool that's out there that they want to use. And then explain what a tactic would be and then, um, and then a strategy, just so anyone listening can understand the clarification between those three things. Yeah, sure. So um, the easiest way, I think, to, to simplify it is, is to steal uh, the wisdom from my, my friend Justin McDonald, uh, currently the, the president of operations over at Sixth Division. Um, he is a uh, youth quarterback coach. And so he describes tactics as um, individual plays that your team can run. So it could be a webinar or it could be um, a, a, a consultation that you offer. It's an individual play, whereas, you know, strategies are then the, the playbook, right? That is the collection of plays that your team or your business has access to. And you choose which tactics to run, but in a, in a drive, right, to you continue the football analogy, you're going to do a series of tactics with the overall you know, objective being whatever, you know, happens at the end of that drive being a touchdown or a field goal or, or what have you. Um, someone will have to translate my American football analogy for our, our South African counterpart there. But um, that's, yeah, no, that's the, the gist of it is tools are the technology or the, the actual thing that does it. Tactics are, are how you use it. And strategies are the, the combination of those tactics strung together. Perfect. Perfect. And Matt, I know, you know, you're international, so you're, you get to see a perspective that maybe others have not seen before. So let's, let's go to you. I mean, from an international perspective, I know you guys work on a global level. So what, what are some things that you see that are stumbling blocks that business owners continue to make? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously all of us make mistakes all the time. No one's perfect. You've just got to try and not make the big ones, okay? <laughs> try and minimize the risk of those big mistakes. So I want to take a step outside of the marketing discussion, if that's okay. And the thing that, there's two things, right? There's two things that I believe for 2019 should be a major, major focus. The first thing is systems, okay? Implementing systems in your business so that you can grow and scale without everything relying on you. Now, marketing, I believe, is one part of it. So, you know, there's three main systems that need to be focused on, which is marketing and sales, um, finance and operations, okay? And it doesn't matter whether you put people into that or whether you use tools or, 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 or technology to automate that, you know, systems are the biggest thing. Now, the problem is that it's super unsexy. Man, writing standard operating procedures are just terrible. <laughs> it's like pulling your hair out if you have any already, you know? And um, so it's, it's putting systems in place and taking a step back and saying, okay, what do I need to have in place in order for this business to run that I can plug anyone in any time, okay, and the business will carry on. So it's like building it like a McDonald's franchise where you've got your playbook and that's what happens every single time, whether you're there or whether you're not there. So systems is the first thing. And, you know, by putting the right systems in place allows you to have more fun, you know, take more time off to enjoy more time with friends and family. You know, in, in November, I spent an entire month away from my business. We went hiking volcanoes and glaciers and, you know, all fly fishing for salmon and all sorts of fun stuff. And the business carried on, right? And, and that's super sexy. It wasn't sexy getting it there, but <laughs> once it was there, it was amazing. And then the second thing is that, Focus on yourself, 
Okay. Put yourself first as the business owner, you know, and, and we, we have these discussions all the time is that, you know, we say it's not uncommon to, to work 18 hour days, you know, 20 hour days and, and just work all the time. Well, I'm going to call, you know, nonsense on that. Right. I believe that you should be, you work the time that you work and you need to put your family first and put your life first as well. Because if you're, if you have bad health or bad relationships, that spills over into everything else. And if you are not up to, up to standard and you are not putting yourself first and you're not in the strongest possible position for yourself, how can you help anybody else? How can you cater anybody else? How can you provide for anybody else? So systems and putting yourself first, those are the two biggest mistakes that I see that, that business owners make, uh, not, in the, not only in business, but in their lives as well. Gotcha. Okay. So let's just, I just want to bring this all together because this is really valuable. So, you know, Brett, you talked about, you know, implementing without a strategy. And Greg, you talked about understanding the difference between, you know, tools, tactics, and strategy. And Matt, you're talking about, you know, hey, you've got to put yourself first and you also have to have systems in place in order to obviously, which complements what Greg and Brett said, if you don't have the systems and the strategies in place, then you can't, you're, you're going to have a hard time or a challenge implementing those. Okay, so I know we've talked about stumbling blocks. Let's, let's kind of transition now and talk about solutions. So those who are watching can say, okay, well, yeah, that's me. That, that totally is my issue, or I struggle with that also. So what are things that you would suggest that they can start to overcome those? And in no particular order, um, Brett, I'll start with you. And by all means, let's all chime in and add value to that. Brett, what are some solutions people can do to not only address some of the things that you mentioned, but what Greg and also Matt had mentioned as well. Yeah, these are all really good questions. And, and to Greg, my, my counterparts, Greg and Matt, awesome, thank you. Those are actually really helpful even for me to just revisit and think about. But I would say um, to at least what I was talking about when it comes to you know, the strategy over tactics, uh, I think that small business owners get really um, derail, they get derailed quickly, um, with, you know, like we all do with the shiny objects and things like that. And so what I would say is really kind of going and taking a step back away from all the stuff and revisit the stuff that we know has always worked for years and years and years. So I was just talking to somebody the other day. He's like, I don't read any books that are newer than 40 years old. If they've lasted more than 40 years, they're still relevant it's because the principles are time tested. They're true. And those are the books that I read. And I thought that was really interesting because that's basically what he is implementing in his business are those things that are time tested and true. So what, what I'm getting at is that uh, if you take a step back, I, I think it's basically just reviewing what does your messaging sound like? Who's your target market? I mean, what are, what are these basics uh, that you can go to. I think honestly, one of the, I think one of the reasons I'm, I was even invited to this awesome panel of people was because I did that interview. I, I did a, basically a, a blog post recently uh, where I interviewed um, 11 experts. Daniel was one, Matt, had I known you, you'd probably be on there too. Greg was one. <laughs> um, and that was basically the theme that was, that was, that kind of came over and over, which was simplify, go back to basics. And that's really it. And I thought that was just really telling. So I've got a couple of examples if, if you want me to share some of those from, from that blog post. Yeah, please do. And I know, I know Greg and Matt probably have some things that they can add to that as well. Um, so 
let me just let me just pull this up real quick. Um, so I got why one, you pulling? Yeah, go why ahead. You pulling that up, Brett. I think that you know it's such a valid point, and I think that you know we get to we get to a stage whereby you learn to take a step back and simplify everything once you've gone and complicated everything. So it comes like with experience, you know. <laughs> so it's like they it's say, so how do you how do you how do you make good decisions? from experience. How do you get experience from making bad decisions? You know, so we always circle back all around to the beginning of what works. Yeah, sure. I'm, Greg, I'm sure you see this too, because um, I know you do a lot of training. So do you see people coming to you saying, you know, Hey, I, I need a chat bot and I need this new thing and this other shiny thing. And I want to implement this thing as well. So what are you seeing across the board as well? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know. I have myself on mute, uh, because my dog was, uh, was, was coughing behind me. Um, but the, the point that, that these guys are making is, is, is pretty much how I feel as well. Uh, it's, it's getting clear on the why behind what you want to do. And oftentimes customers or, or small business owners will approach me with like, Hey, how do I do you know this thing using this? And, it takes a level of discipline to detach yourself from the, the, the path that they believe they're already on to, to question, well, like we can answer that, but is there a better way to do that? Or is there a more efficient route or, or a more effective technology? Um, I think with small businesses, uh, success can actually be a trap for us because if something works, then we don't or we rarely take the time to revisit it, right? We set something up and, and if it generates leads or if it produces sales, um, we sort of put it on autopilot, at least that it's tempting to, to attempt that. And so I just want to, you know, issue a blanket reminder for myself and for anyone that um, it takes a level of discipline to revisit the things that are already working and ask yourself if there is a better way to do that. Because uh, I know for, for my own business, uh, you know, I started monkey pot in 2015. Uh, and, and just recently I, I migrated my membership area. And in, in doing that, I uncovered a lot of stuff that wasn't broken, but could be improved because the things that I built in 2015 were not only a product of like the technology that was available then, but they were also a product of like my mindset and my maturity at the time. And so just as the technology has continued to evolve, so, so too have we. And it's important to kind of go back to your own stuff with that new lens, that new perspective, uh, because you may see things differently. Yeah, that's really valuable. That's a great point. Um, Brett, were you able to pull up that, uh, the content that you were looking for? Yeah, so the, yeah, a, a handful of them. Um, so uh, one was from Justin McDonald. He's already so president uh, of operations there at Sixth Division. He gave he gave a couple of uh, pieces of advice, but one of them he says, if you could only do one thing, ask for past clients if they need more of what they've already purchased. And I was like, wow, how simple is that, right? Like, how simple is that 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 probably so many people aren't doing? Um, Ross Walker mentioned just launch. Like, you know, don't worry about perfection. Just get out there and launch. Like really simple things going back to basics. Don't worry about like, you know, you mentioned chat box and some of this other stuff. Like it's, it's really just a matter of, I think, um, getting clear on what you want to do and then just go out, launch test, make it happen. Yeah. I think that's a great point. 
And one thing I'd love to add to that is that, and I'm sure all of us, we've been in the business long enough that we've worked with a number of different clients in various industries. And what's stuck in the business owner's head of it needs to look like this, it needs to be perfect, we need to have all these pieces in place in order to launch, or the, the customers or the clients aren't going to like it. In reality, that's just mindset in the business owner's perspective because the customers and the client base, they haven't seen it yet. So they don't know what you're doing. And if you go ahead and launch, you always have an opportunity to improve and add to that later. Would you guys agree with that approach for, for most cases? Yeah, ready, ready, fire, aim. You know, we look at how, whenever we deal with people, the, the first thing is, you know, you can't automate something that you don't already have a process for. You know, people want to automate straight off the bat and they don't have a set process. So, you know, whenever we work with people, it's like, okay, well, what do your systems and your processes look like already? Once we've got that down, then we can automate the things that are taking up the most time. Let's free up some time. Then we can start and fix your sales pipeline. And then we can start pumping everything full of leads. But people too often, they shy away from the work out of fear, you know, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing, whether it's uh, implementing systems. Like I see a lot of business owners would rather sit behind their computer and learn stuff than mm -hmm. go out and put themselves out there because it's a lot easier to sit behind and learn and not have to do anything than go have conversations with real people. Absolutely. Right? And Absolutely. I look at it like marketing, you know, we've changed our entire thought process around this. And, you know, marketing is not there to close sales. Marketing is there to open up conversations. Exactly like what we're doing right now. This is marketing, okay? Asking a simple question, creating a conversation, that's marketing. It's positioning yourself differently. But people are afraid to put themselves out there. You know, I think the, what did they say? The, the number one fear in the world is public speaking. And the second one is dying. So people are more afraid of speaking in public than dying. I mean, you know, it's crazy. But this is the reality. Yeah. So if you don't want to talk to people, just your business is never going to grow. So we're addressing, it seems to me like we're addressing a couple like pillars, right? Mm -hmm. And the first is understanding who your audience is, who your ideal customers. There's a lot of different terms for that. Avatars, perfect customers, ideal customers. So it's understanding who this target demographic is that you want to do business with. And then it also sounds to me like also it's understanding what your process and, and your systems are, your technology stack and all those things that you're going to use. And then furthermore, then your strategies and of course the tactics that you're going to implement for that target demographic and then using, of course, what the, the tools that you have in place. So Greg, I'm going to, I'm going to turn to you and say, if someone's listening in and they're thinking, okay, what's tangible? How can I walk away from this and maybe do some actionable steps to improve my marketing for 2019, what might be some things that you would suggest that they start to, to either look at or do? Yeah. Um, thanks. I'm going to build. Well, first of all, I didn't know that the number one fear was public speaking. So that's, that's fascinating to me. Um, but I'm going to build on what Brett said. Uh, he shared a piece of advice that was to ask your existing customers what, uh, if they want more of whatever it was that you sold them, and that sort of sparked something in me, uh, a strategy that has been, I hesitate to even call it a strategy because I don't think of it that way, um, but it's been a very successful, um, you know, a, a lever in my, in my business, which is find a way to serve 
the businesses you don't serve. And what I mean by that is like, not everyone is going to be a good fit for your product or service and that's okay. But just because someone doesn't buy from you doesn't mean that they dislike you. Right. And so what I have been doing is, is early in my automation, early in my interactions with people is trying to get clear on here's what I do. And here are the things I don't do. And if you, if you need the things I don't do, that's okay. Your needs are valid. I can still make recommendations for you. I can make introductions to you. Um, I believe I am Brett Farr's number one sales rep. Uh, so I'm happy to like refer you to the people who can fulfill on whatever it is that you need, even if it's outside the scope of my services. Now, the reason that that's so important is because what you're doing is, is fostering goodwill. You're building relationships and people learn to, to see you as something other than your set of products. They learn to see you as someone who serves um, regardless of uh, you know, my own interests. It's because it's the right thing to do for that business. And I think that that, um, that, that changes the way people perceive your brand. You go from being just a, a seller to being a leader. <laughs> being a, a figure in your space and hopefully uh, it multiplies your impact as well. Yeah. I think that's so valuable. Thank you. You know, I always like to say that the way that you market should be the way that if you met someone at a cocktail party or somewhere at an event, that it's, it's a human to human interaction. Right. And so if all you're doing is trying to push your agenda without actually establishing a relationship, which of course relationships are focused on value and equal exchange and value and of course trust, right? If you don't have that, you're not gonna have a relationship. And if you don't have the relationship, then that's no one's gonna wanna buy from someone that they don't um, get value from and they don't trust. So I think that's really, really important. And I'm sure you all can add to this and, and add your advice, but if people are out there pushing marketing, whether it's email or text or any other fashion, if they're not establishing trust, how, how damaging do you think that is? And do you think that there's an easy fix for one of the, the great insights that Greg just brought up? Yeah, I've got, I want, I, I, if I basically want to build on what Matt's talking about here. Cause I think what he mentioned early on was, was awesome. This whole concept of like, stop consuming and start creating like people are in this, like, let me just learn the next thing. And, and then I'll know enough to go and eventually implement what I need to. Um, and so to your point, Daniel, about like developing trust, my recommendation is something that's, that's actually worked really well for me. I know Greg, you do this quite a bit as well. I think Daniel, you do as well. Matt, I don't know you well enough. I'm sure you do as, as well, but as basically uh, creating content. Um, and, and the reason, for, the reason I say that is because it helps you think about your own process helps you distill what you're, what you're doing. Uh, but then the ad, you know, the, the side benefit here is that you're, you're, you're developing that trust. So I think people get the, they're afraid to put themselves out there. They're afraid to go create a video or go create a blog post, whatever the content might be. But as they do it, the trust level of their audience grows. But like I said, the side benefit I think here is that you, you kind of distill your own thoughts and it forces you to kind of think clearly about, what is it that I do? What is it that I want to say? What is it? The, what's the message I actually want to convey to these people? And uh, I found that just to be a really rewarding experience in, you know, as I go and just create my own content. And speaking to creating content, um, do you suggest that it's free content, paid content, a mixture of both? I mean, 
where would someone that's listening in that maybe hasn't been doing a lot of content creation, what would be an easy way for them to start? And of course, Matt, Greg, of course, chime in on this. I mean, I'd love to hear Greg's thoughts because he's, you know, I, like every time there's a question in a Facebook group, it's like, oh, Greg's got a piece of content for that. Let me just go find it and, you know, and, and I'll link to it. <clears throat> so I'm interested to see what Greg says. But for me, I mean, it's whatever you feel most comfortable with. Like if you're like, you know, want to just sit down and talk to a camera, just do it. If you are a little less like that, like me, I'm not as comfortable with that. So I, I like writing just in a blog post. I mean, it, I guess it's, it's kind of up to the person, but yeah, Greg, interested to hear what you, what you uh, have to say. Um, so my, my approach is not as, as uh, scientific as I, as I wish it were, uh, but it's really just, I hang out where there is need. I hang out in as many Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups or on Twitter. I follow, you know, the Infusionsoft brand and hashtag. And so when I see questions, um, if I can answer them, I do. And if I can't, I try to go find the answer and I keep track of what questions have I seen multiple times because, you know, that's a, a simple way to, to sort of test or gauge what are people interested in. And if I see a question a handful of times, uh, I create a resource for it so that the next time I see that question, I can steer people towards that resource, right? Um, and then obviously, you know, there's some SEO benefits to having, you know, that, that content there where people are searching for those questions that I'm seeing. Hopefully, they'll find me that way as well. Uh, but the simple answer is, uh, rather than recreating my, you know, recreating the answer or recreating a video or typing it out again, um, I wanted to create a central, you know, um, catalog of those types of things for people. Now, for, for Daniel's question in terms of should it be free or should it be paid, um, I, I made a commitment, and this is, you know, again, just my two cents. I made a commitment when I started that I would always have more free content than paid content. And the simple logic behind that is um, I, I, wanted, I wanted to create a persona or, or, a, or an impression of my brand that people would think Monkey Pot is the place to go for answers. Monkey Pot is the place to go when you need help. And you don't do that by keeping everything behind a lock and key. Now, I do believe that some of my content is certainly worth paying for. And so I do have paid courses and the, the membership, you know, deserves a, a focus. And obviously a business, uh, you know, as Gary Vee says it, you know, cash is oxygen. It needs revenue in order to survive. So, so there, is a, there are things that I'm selling, but the, by and far, the vast majority of my content is free. And that's on purpose. It's because I wanted it to be accessible. I wanted it to reach as many people as possible. And I wanted my footprint um, to, to represent those things about my brand. So Matt, I'd love to hear your take. Yep. Same thing. I mean, I commit to doing a video a day and really it's just solving problems. You know, I've got a, we've got a process that we take our clients through on how to create content calendars. And it is so easy, right? So one of the biggest things we do, what is the biggest problem that you're facing right now? Um, is there anything that's going on in the news that you can talk about and look at it objectively and solve those problems? Okay. Objectively. Or is there something that you can help someone with directly? Um, and, but, you know, guys, I find like a lot of the stuff can be overcomplicated. And, you know, for a lot of business owners out there, they've never shot a video before. They've never written a blog before. They've never even posted an article on Facebook or LinkedIn before, you know, apart from pictures of their kids or swinging their cat around the room, whatever that looks like, you know. <laughs> so it's… it's <laughs> That's something they do in South Africa. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. That's why I've got a big room here. But for most people out there, it's not an easy thing. 
And it's, it's not easy because they don't see the outcome and they don't see the returns immediately, right? As business owners, we know if we're going to put something out there and we can, if I put 10 Rand out there and I get 100 Rand back, what am I going to do? Put another 10 Rand out. Another, it's, it's a no-brainer. But a content strategy is it's a long-term game, okay? You don't always see the results immediately. So, you know, something that I advise my clients to do that, that could be really beneficial for everyone listening here, in, including you guys, because we do this as well, is shoot a one-minute video, okay, on why someone should work with you, okay? Very simple. Why should someone work with you? Then you go into LinkedIn, you look for all the people that are your ideal clients and go and send them a message and, and they say, hey, I shot a quick video for you. I'd love to get your thoughts on this, okay? Make it personal, send it out. We had a client do that the other day. He sent it out to 14 people and he had 10 meetings booked within three days. That's great. And why? Because no one's doing it. And, and listen, the video was terrible, okay? And by marketing standards and professional videographer standards, it was terrible. But all he did was he took his phone, he shot a video, and he put it out there. Why did it work? Because it's creating a human connection, Back to your point, Dan, it's, it's creating that, that one-to-one thing that people are, are shying away from. Yeah, I, I think you have a good point because um, Dennis, you at Blitz Metrics just recently mentioned that his videos that look like they're, they're, they're not professionally edited, they're shot on a phone, Best results. are performing better than professional videos. And I do think that there's absolutely an investment and a value for professional videos in the right consumption framework, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a professionally shot video that goes to one person isn't going to look as genuine as, hey, I'm pulling out my phone and I shot this for you so they know that you actually did it. It wasn't professionally edited with all the, the fancy features of professional video. So um, I think that's a good point. Brett, were you going to mention something? <clears throat> No, I just, that, that story that Matt just shared with his, his client sending out those videos is awesome. I think it's a great, um, a great way to go about it. I, this is more of just like a tool going far, far away from strategy and going all the way down to tools really yeah. quick. I love Loom. I know Greg, you love Loom as well. I don't know Daniel, Matt, I haven't really interacted with yeah. you guys enough to know, but I mean, it's so simple. Like anyone can do it, right? If you've got a computer with a webcam, install a free Loom plugin and you can start shooting videos as soon as right now, you know, it's just seems uh, super simple. So yeah. And to plug, I love loom and uh, to plug loom for any of you listening, it's L O O M, right? That's the website. Is it loom.com? Well, you can Google it. You can find it, but it's use, use loom.com. Use loom.com. Thank you, Greg. Um, it'll even integrate with Slack. So if you're working with, you know, staff members or contractors or even agencies or whatever, you can shoot that video and then that'll immediately go into the Slack channel. So then if you're describing edits or anything, it, it makes it so much easier than having to, to write out an email. And sometimes on video, it's going to translate much more effectively and efficiently than trying to write out, edit this, put this here. And, you know, that's up to the reader's interpretation. So that's a, that's a great value add. Um, some, back, yeah. Yeah, there's just something that I wanted to add, and, and it goes back to this human connection. And, and since we're talking marketing, and I know systems and marketing, I mean, there's like a million discussions from this discussion. And, and by the way, guys, if you, know, if, if you want to learn how to create content, get four people in a room, have a discussion with them, write down all the points, and there's all the content you need for however long, okay? Um, get four experts in a room and do that. Um, cause there's, I've just got a bunch of talking points for, uh, my next, uh, videos and everything that are coming up, 
But one thing that, you know, back on that, that human connection is so often I see people do posts, okay? And then they do do posts. They do write blogs and articles and post on Facebook and LinkedIn, whatever. And then people actually like and comment on them. And then they don't respond to every single comment that's out there. I think that is just like the rudest thing ever. And you've wasted your time and you've wasted the person's time who has actually gone and taken their time to read what you've put out there. And right. I see it so much. It's, it's lost business. It's lost leads. Every single person that shares comments or likes is a lead, right? Mm-hmm. Follow up with them, respond to them, open up a conversation with them, right? Before you even look at tools and systems and any of this stuff, have conversations with people and see what that does for your business. I think that's great. And Greg, I'd like to circle back to you for a moment and um, transition because kind of from this point in the conversation that we've had thus far is, Hey, you have to have a strategy. You have to know who you're talking to. Matt, you've talked about systems in place. And I think we all are in agreement that it's important to deliver value and know who your audience is, what they're interested in. If they're having like Greg challenges or issues or questions and to address those needs, right? By any form of content, whether it's a video, a blog post, if it's a resource, if it's just, you know, giving them advice. And Greg, you've done this quite well. So let's transition the conversation from, we know we have to provide value to our target audience based off of how we know we can help them. We've established that. Now, when we do give them advice or we do have a video or whatever kind of value to give to them, how do we tie that back into technology and a tactic? Like, Greg, I know you have landing page pages, free content, blog posts, things like that. How do we then try to convert and then continue that conversation in an automated fashion? Yeah, so um, I think it was Matt who talked about, uh, you know, the, the nature of co- conversation, right? And all the things we're discussing and all of the marketing tools and tactics, right? Uh, at the core behind it is, is connection and the value of, of humans connecting over, over shared experience, right? So <clears throat> I think that one, one thing you should maybe uh, consider or, or one way of positioning this is to think of your content, think of your you know, videos that you're creating, whatever it is that you're putting out there, think of it as your, you know, your opening question or your opening sentence in conversation and you wouldn't start a conversation that you don't know how to continue, right? You wouldn't start a conversation and say, hey, you know, aren't you worried about like the astrophysics of, of uh, you know, carrying, uh, you know, new elements back from, from, from the Mars exploration? And when they say, yes, I'm concerned about that, you don't know where to go from there because you started something, right? So there should be a natural segue into things that your business can help them with, right? So I think of, you know, the, the, the space that I'm in and the, the content that I'm creating as a stepping stone to the relationship that I ultimately want to build with that person. Um, an analogy I used yesterday is like, uh, you know how when you turn on a light at night, it attracts moths, right? That's a, a, a universal thing. Um, imagine if the, the color of the light affected the, you know, the, the type of moths that it attracted. So when you put out content, you're flipping on these different lights and you're attracting people for whom that content is a fit. So it's a matter of, you know, getting, getting real and vulnerable about the issues that the people you want to connect with are having and letting them then find you so that you can serve them or connect them with the services. Um, 
I, I, I want to talk just for a second about uh, the, the idea of trust. Daniel, you mentioned it earlier, um, and there's a really good book. I think it's by uh, David Horsager called The Trust Edge. Um, if, you, if you haven't read it, it's, it's worth, uh, worth a read, but the, the nature of the book can be distilled into the following sentence. Everything of value is built on trust, and every interaction you have with your audience or your network is an exchange in which you are saying, hey, trust me. And if you do what you say you're going to do, you earn trust. And if you don't do what you say you're going to do, you lose that trust. And so if you think of like a bank account, yeah. uh, every business has sort of a trust account with uh, the, the, the audience that they serve. And as you build up that trust, you can leverage it by asking them to do something else, whether it's attend a webinar or, you know, attend an event or buy a course, right? And the more you do what you say you're going to do, you get that trust back. But if you ask people to extend trust to you and you are disingenuine or you let them down or you mislead them, then you're going to spend all of that trust and the balance of your trust account will be depleted. So that visual or that, that um, you know, way of thinking about it has certainly helped me in terms of crafting uh, the interactions that I have and the content that I put out, will this earn me trust or will it cost me trust? Absolutely. I think that's really well put. Really well put. I agree a hundred percent. So, and I, I think, you know, if you think about it from like a, because for whatever reason, and you guys can let me know if you agree or not, the second that we go into a marketing aspect of a digital realm, like, Oh, we're going to send an email or we're going to send out some kind of communication sometimes business owners forget that there's actually real humans that are going to be receiving that communication and, and acting upon it. Right. And so it's like, if you went online to buy a pair of shoes and everything in there says, these shoes are going to do X, Y, and Z, and this is what they look like. And this is how they fit. And then you purchase it. And then you, you get an email saying it's going to get delivered on this date. And then it doesn't show up on that date shows up later. And then when you finally get the product, it's not what it says it is. We all have probably experienced that at some point in our life, whether it's shoes or something else, we're disappointed. And then the likelihood of us potentially doing business with that vendor again, you know, decreases, if not completely exits, you know, our, the opportunity. So what are some things that we could do using, you know, technology and strategy? So then, those that are watching can say, okay, well, I know I have to add value. I know I need to build trust and relationships. How can they continue that conversation? So it's not just content creation. Maybe there's some things in the background that are continuing that either from an automated fashion or some other kind of experience to help them. Brad, I'm going to take that to you. Yeah, I've got, thanks. I've got a couple of things here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, everything you're saying is, is awesome. In fact, I just received an email from another Infusionsoft competitor, which we won't, we won't bash because as you mentioned that early on. In fact, I think they do they have a great product. <clears throat> basically, I think I just kind of read the headline, but basically it sounds like they're changing the way that they name things in their system from subscribers to people. Again, take it, you know, take it how you will. Um, but I just thought that was really interesting. And I think that's, that's the, the shift that we're talking about here. Like these aren't just subscribers things. These are actually like, when I send this email, someone's going to get it and they're going to look at it and decide to either throw it away, spam it, whatever. Um, so back to your question, Dan, about like specifics. Um, I'm just looking at this article again 
one of the things that Ryan Chapman mentioned, he's the founder of Fix Your Funnel, uh, the, the texting platform. Um, he basically says to ask open-ended questions and let them talk. And I think that's great. Again, going back to this, this connection and, uh, you know, don't over-automate, just simplify. You know, there's no reason to like funnel down every single little step and then they choose this way and they go down that route. Just ask, ask a question. Uh, and then he says, uh, let them express their concerns and then, uh, and then you can talk about the related product or service if you need to. Uh, and, and his kind of closing statement is here is, we've seen this one simple process, double sales without spending an extra dime on advertising. And I was like, wow, that's, that's incredible. So that would be, you know, as we're talking about like kind of tactics here, that would be my recommendation is just include more, either whether it's like your email follow-up campaign or it's your webinars, videos, or whatever. It's to basically provide a forum to let that person speak back to you. Gotcha. Matt, how do you feel about that? Do you have something to add to that? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest strategies that we use is ask people what they want and then give it to them. <laughs> I mean, it's complicated, right? And that's like as simple as it is. Um, you know, I think that when people start looking at automation and technology and everything, you know, the difference between systems and automation. So, you know, systems is a set of principles or procedures according to which something is done. And automation is the technology by which a process or procedure is performed with minimum human assistance. People try and over-automate stuff. And exactly that. They forget that there's another person on the end of the line. But what they also forget is automation is not there to take over from you. Automation is there to amplify everything that you do. So if your message is poor and you've got a, a, a poor message that doesn't connect with people, that's going to be amplified 10,000 times right? If you've got a great message that really connects with people, that's going to be amplified 10,000 times. Right. So instead of trying to build an entire automated campaign, and we've made this mistake before a couple of times, we learned the hard way, right? Instead of trying to build everything out all at the same time, go, you know, unless you're hiring somebody to do it for you, go piece by piece, just break it down into segments. What's the first part of the conversation? Okay, we've got that down. Then what's the next part of the conversation? So always ask the question, what next? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think people forget about that. They're like, I'm just going to throw this stuff out there and see what happens. But it's like, what next? And just keep it simple, piece by piece by piece. And this is really what you're talking about. And Greg, I'm going to turn to you to this. So this is really kind of setting out like lifecycle marketing or a customer journey, right? Like at each stage, there should be value and you should be addressing something. So the conversation continues. Greg, I know you talk a lot about that, so I'm sure you have some great insight. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I, I think it doesn't it switch to us here talking, um, but I was, I was literally applauding for, for what Brett said about using humanizing language to talk about your, your customers and your prospects. I heard someone in our industry refer to a segment of their, their database as their big fish the other day. And it like literally made me, I had a physical reaction where it made me cringe and uncomfortable just because, you know, they may be the people who spend the most money with you, but they are the people who spend the most money with you. And they, you know, they deserve to be treated as such. Um, I love what, what Matt said. Um, ask people what they want. I have been amazed at how, we as business owners and, and marketers, how we overcomplicate things 
uh, in order to try and guess what people want when I think you'll be impressed at what people are willing to offer you if you just allow them to shape their own experience. Um, what I'll, what I'll add to this is, um, when you, when you have an objective or you have a goal or, or, or something that you're driving toward, um, try to understand why that's important to you. Why is it that you want uh, this person to buy this thing? And the more you dig into that question, you'll probably arrive at, at, you know, one of a handful of outcomes, but uh, think about the way that outcome is phrased. If it's, I want them to buy because I, you know, am trying to hit this number, then your motivation behind that particular uh, goal may be misguided. If it's about you and your objectives, then you may be um, projecting onto your customers something that, that isn't there for them. But if you want them to buy because this product is what they need and you believe it solves a problem that they've said they're experiencing, then it is about them. And that, that's the right reason. So the sale in and of itself is neither you know, good or bad, but the reason behind the sale can either validate or invalidate um, the worth it provides to that customer. And so I think it's just, um, it's worth our time to ask that question. Why is this important? And to dig into, is it really for them or is it something that, that I want because I want to you know, increase my conversion or I want to hit a goal um, and, and just getting honest about exploring those, those motives. Yeah. And, you know, I think StoryBrand um, is famous for saying you've got to make the customer the hero and you're only the guide to help them get to their end goal, right? Because as you were saying, Greg, if you make it about you, no one wakes up in the morning and says, man, you know, Greg or Matt or Brett's the hero in my day. Everyone wakes up and says, you know, how can I make my life better? How can I make my family's life better? How can I solve the problems that are facing me? And if you address them by saying, hey, I can help you achieve this and, and solve that problem, whether it's getting you to another level of success or whatever, or solving a problem that's painful for them, um, that's, that's definitely valuable. We're coming up. We've got about 10 minutes left. So really what I'd love to do is, um, of course, if we have anything else to add, let's certainly do so. But I'd love to have some takeaways. So if we can each have a takeaway to say, here's my suggestion that you can implement or you should do after watching this so you can help to have better marketing for this year. Brett, I'm going to start with you since I started with you at the beginning, and then we'll go, we'll go right around the, the group. Uh, my number one tip, go sign up for Greg's courses. Just kidding, Greg. Uh, so I would say what's been really good about this is for me is, um, I, I think a lot of the tips we've been sharing is probably a reflection of what we are thinking about, or even maybe even struggling with ourselves, you know, sometimes, um, certainly with what we see our clients do. But for me, I know a lot of the things that I share sometimes are things that I want to get better at and, and you know, that I want to work on. So uh, I'll go back to some of the original things that I mentioned, which is going back to the basics, focusing in on who is it that I'm serving and how can I communicate with them more effectively and spending time there on my target market, my messaging. And I think that's the, you know, that, that one decision that makes all the others that much easier. Awesome. Thank you, Greg. I'm going to go to you now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
encourage people to find ways to make yourself uncomfortable. Um, I think that, that, you know, we all have a tendency to live in our comfort zone. And, and unfortunately, that's not where growth happens. So whenever I find myself feeling uncomfortable about something, the tendency may be to pull away or to pull back. Um, and I'm going to just, you know, call it out. I want you to lean into that. My, one of my focuses this year is when something makes me uncomfortable to talk about it, that's when I talk about it. That's when I press on it because I think that by facing it head on, you know, I will grow. I also expect that's, that's you know, how I will multiply the value that I'm able to provide to, to my audience is by leaning into the things that make me uncomfortable. That's really great advice. Um, Matt, to you. Yep, Greg, I second that one, man. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and I'm just going to go back to you know what I said in, in the beginning about systems because I believe that everything is about systems. And it's not sexy work, but go and do it. Map out your sales processes. Map out your marketing processes. Map out your delivery process, your, your operational processes, your finance processes. Once you go and map all of that stuff out, and there's some great software. I mean, we use uh, Lucidchart. Um, that's fantastic to just map out your workflows and everything. Go and map everything out so that you can grow and scale your business without everything relying on you. And then, you know, once you've got that mapped out, then you can choose the software stack. You can choose the technology stack. You can choose the right partners um, to work with. And you actually take more control of your business, which is going to help you make uh, um, decisions much more confidently than going in blind. Okay. And I'll ask you a question to that, Matt. So there's, let's kind of come up with, and this is for actually for the group, let's come up with like, you know, one, two, three. And of course there's always, there's always different ways that they can do it. But I would say one, would you all agree that they should understand who that they want to talk to, right? Who are they speaking to? Absolutely. Okay. And then the second thing after they understand who they're going to talk to then developing that strategy of why they're going to talk to them and then what value they're going to give to them, which ultimately should get them to want to purchase. Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then third, if they, once they know who they're going to talk to, then they, they know the strategy, then it's developing. What is that? Matt, would you say it would be the system next or the technology next? What would you say to that? You, well, you have to have a system before you can plug the technology in. So, the, map your system out so that you know how you're going to deliver all of this and how you're going to market all of this and then choose the technology. I mean, there's, there's a lot out there. All of us use different technology stacks. Um, but if you know what you, your ultimate goal is, then you can choose the technology that's going to help you achieve that ultimate goal. Gotcha. And when we're talking about, you know, systems and processes, you know, to give an example for a process would be, what happens after someone purchases? Um, does it require fulfillment? Do you have to ship a product? What are the steps that happen? Is it something that you then create with a team and then have to deliver to that client? So that would be what you're talking about for anyone that's wondering what the difference between a system and technology is. The system is the order of steps in order to then achieve whatever that is, the selling process, the delivery of the, the product or service. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that, that what you've just described therefore would fall under operations. And you know, what would fall under, under sales and marketing is some of the stuff we've talked about today. 
define your ideal client, um, create the message that moves them to buy, get your products and services clearly defined. What is your office stack? Um, how are you, what systems are you putting in place to automate that? How are you driving leads? How are you driving traffic? So, you know, those all fall under those systems under marketing and sales. And then operations is how am I going to deliver this whole thing now? Yes. Okay. Right. And then of course, then finally the technology stack, right? Like what are those tools that you're going to use that are going to go through all that? And I think, um, Obviously, when you start to do your marketing and you're, you're going to say like, hey, this is what we're going to do to get them to buy, it's you know what Greg had mentioned earlier is understanding the value that you're going to add at each stage that makes sense for them to ultimately want to continue that relationship, trust you, and then purchase. Would you all agree with that as well? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it yeah. sounds like you're, you're kind of taking lifecycle marketing, right, and just breaking it down stage by stage or system by system as Matt would say. Absolutely. And then uh, with, for the recording, we'll have some, uh, we'll, we'll maybe we'll add that into the graphic of the steps that we all just come up, came up with. So the viewers can actually see a visual of that. So I'm going to do reverse this time since I had started with you, Brett. Um, so Matt, I'm going to go with you and then I'll go to you, Greg next. So if someone wants to learn more about your business and potentially to, to be interested in working with you, where do they go? What would they do? So you can simply go and to the, my website, www.thevirtualedge.com. We focus primarily there. You'll see on LinkedIn, I've got a bunch of free stuff. I've got about $1,035 of free value, free value that we give away there. Um, and when I say free, it costs you your email address. We're not going to spam you. We're going to create a real human connection with you, okay? Um, and then you can also reach out to me directly on Facebook. You know, I'm active on Facebook. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, Matt Clark, S-A-M-A-T-T-C-L-A-R-K-S-A. -A -T -T um, you'll see my face looks like that. There's a picture of me speaking on stage. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, on Facebook, I'm pretty accessible over all media channels. But the easiest way, go to the website. All our contact details are on there. Fill in your information. Grab some really cool stuff. We've got a, a free LinkedIn mini makeover on there. Um, a bunch of cool trainings that you, know, you can get and, and really take your game to the next level. Awesome. Great. Um, Greg, next to you. So if someone wants to learn more about um, your, your organization and what you guys offer, and just so people know, because I know you offer training, if you can let them know too, because we've got audience members that are all different systems, what do you specialize in? How can they find you? And, you know, obviously I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find on all the, the various social platforms. I'm, I'm pretty active. I'm Infusion Greg on Twitter. Um, I'm MonkeyPod Marketing on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, but, but, you know, like Matt said, I'm, I'm a human. I'm a real person. So feel free to reach out to me directly if you have questions about anything you see or don't see. Uh, but as you kind of alluded to, Daniel, the, the primary focus I have is, is serving Infusionsoft users, helping them maximize their monthly ROI from the Infusionsoft platform. So uh, I have a lot of content that is not specific to Infusionsoft. And of course, people are welcome to consume that. But all of my paid content, all of the courses are for Infusionsoft users. So if that's you, I would love to help you get more from the platform. But if that's not you, no sweat. Um, hit me up. And like I said, I would love to point you in the right direction or help you find what you are after. Absolutely. That's great. Um, and then, Brett, last but certainly not least, how can people learn more about your business and find you? Uh, just you can go to the website, blickdigital.com. Uh, you can also 
send me a quick email, hello at blickdigital.com. And then, you know, I'm, I'm basically on all the social channels as well. Um, our, our focus is, is uh, like I mentioned early on, Infusionsoft and Active Campaign, but really helping businesses streamline those. And so if you've got some interest there, we've got tons of free content. Uh, we've got audits and roadmaps you can start with and all that stuff. So that's, uh, that's the best way to do it. That's great. Gentlemen, I appreciate your time. I know your time is valuable. So thank you so much for being guests on the show and adding value. Uh, With that, uh, thank you all and have a great day. Thanks, Matt. Greg, thanks, guys. Later, guys. Catch you later, guys.